This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Welcome back to another edition, episode 22 of the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gorin and Rob Rowland. What's going on, boys? Hey, guys. This is Dan Gorin. Please follow us at the Strategy of Fitness on Instagram, also on Apple Podcasts. We are the Strategy of Fitness. You can find us on Spotify as well. And then every week we do the gym hitters section, so you can find the gym hitters on Spotify and Apple Music. It's the Strategy of Fitness official gym hitters, so... Follow that stuff, like and subscribe, reviews when you can. It helps us out bigly. So thank you very much. And thanks for listening, Rob. What you got? Nothing much this week. It feels a little weird. I feel like it's been a long time since I've talked to you gentlemen. We did like a Thursday recording last week and now it's Sunday. So it's, I, I almost admit that I, I miss doing this. <laughs> almost. It, it is. Yeah. I, I almost miss doing it too. And Rob, how's the house wifey, man? She is, the, the, the clock's ticking on us a little, little Roland. Dude, it is it is so close, and and once it happens, I'm I have no idea what to do with myself. So I'm just enjoying these last couple of weeks where I have no responsibility besides like my usual, just going to the gym, and meal prepping. I'm sure my life's going to change <laughs> drastically. I I think us and the listeners just can't can't wait. It's so weird because dude, you'll if if it's anything like my first experience, you'll you'll get the first couple of days, and it sleeps so much that you're going to be like, man, everyone made this out like it was such a pain in the ass. It's actually pretty easy and then like you know it stopped sleeping so much <laughs> and, and it's, it's reality time it's it's pretty funny i can't wait to hear we we got like the, the fancy stroller today got delivered i, I can't believe for the call the, how much we paid for it like what you get it it, it blows my mind how much baby stuff costs Ugh, it's a ponzi scheme bro the biggest stop podcasting and make at least stuff. at least at least the the stroller you'll have for a while there's some of this stuff. You look at clothing people buy for newborns. You're like, thirty two dollars for this T-shirt. They're gonna spit and shit on, and then <laughs> grow, grow out of and use as a bib. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Unreal. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's go around the room quickly. I think I'll probably take up a bunch of time talking about the comp I did. But Dan, would you would you get into this week? That'd be cool if me and Rob talked about our experience. Uh, so. To all the listeners out there who text oh, yeah, on a regular course. basis, uh, don't text him for a, a long workout. He, he shot me over that Adderall workout, which I posted on the gram. So if you want to look it up, it's, I think, from Boston or from the New England area. It's one of their comp train um, staples. Yeah, it's, ben, it's a Ben Bergeron staple. So the guy yeah. that trained, that used to train Matt Frazier, now he trains Catchers David's daughter and a couple other studs. He fired that over my way and I did it. And then Rob did it out of solidarity, which was great. So um, it was 10 minutes. So you run a mile and then max cleaning jerks at 135, break from 10 minutes to 13 minutes. And then from 13 minutes to 20 minutes, you run a half mile and then max power snatches at 115. And then you get another three minute break from 20 to 23. 
And then from 23 to 27, it's max thrusters at 95 pounds and the score is everything totaled up. So I hit 59, which was I hit 20 the first round, 2016, and then 23. And I think that added up to 59 reps. I actually love the workout. It's something that if you like, like it's, it's almost like my biggest strengths and biggest weaknesses, my biggest strengths. And then, then you get into the barbell stuff and that's one of my bigger weaknesses. So finished the mile in just under seven minutes and, you know, got a, got in the 20 cleaning jerks. Again, I felt the power snatches are probably my biggest limiter. That second round was the roughest for me. The 800 is a pretty rough distance and then going right into the power snatches, which is definitely not my favorite or best movement. So found the second round to be challenging, but I wasn't like, I wasn't dead. It was, it was actually a really good workout. Not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be, but something I really enjoyed. And then Rob, what was your experience with the the Adderall workout? Yeah, kind of the same as you. Like it's not a crusher, but it it is, it's just hard to get through as long. I realized like I haven't done much CrossFit workouts recently. So the barbell stuff just kind of like, like I was super slow in the cleaning jerks. I was doing them as singles and like Looking back at it, I probably should have done some like touch and go. I probably got a few more reps in there. But then by the time I got to the snatches and thrusters, I think that's like 30 reps is about as much as I'm going to get in for any of the barbell stuff for time. But felt decent afterwards. And I thought I was going to go for a run today and like push the pace. I was feeling pretty good, but my legs felt like absolute lead today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's from from your amphetamine workout or whatever you call it, Adderall. Yeah, well, I, I'm shocked that either of you guys are saying you enjoy that workout. I, I've done it maybe twice, three times max fucking hate it. Like the night before I do it, I can't sleep. Like I'm, I'm shook. So I don't know what that's about. No offense, Dan, but maybe, you know, you weren't pushing. I I, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak. Yeah, to no, you, no, no, no offense, no offense <laughs> taken. I mean, I guess for me, because the weights are heavier, there's only so, it's like, it's only so fast I can do it. You know what I mean? Like if you put maybe like drop the weights down, especially on the power snatches and I could just kind of bully my way through it. I might have a completely different feeling if that makes well, the way I first read sense. The, the way I first read this workout when I heard about it too, it was like do as three separate workouts. So your your final score is your combined total. And that's the way it's it, it's looked at now. But I remember the very first time I, I read this workout, it was, you know, each each round is your score. Obviously there's a cumulative total. So you know I was dying. I think my most ever was 105 reps. I was fucking dying every single time putting those barbells down because the runs, like you said, they're, they're not going to be terrible. I, I wasn't going out running a six minute mile. I think my runs were like six thirty. Everything was definitely under a seven minute pace, but the barbells just killed me. Absolutely killed me on that workout. How about your competition, Nick? It's been, we haven't gotten like the full, full debrief on that. You want to dive into that? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm coming back with my tail between my legs. You know, we, we show up to this competition Third year doing it with my boy Mike. And, you know, we had some rust. We had some rust and it showed. It was the, it was the first time doing this as, as two, two guys that weren't really all about our fitness this year, maybe. And I think we got humbled a little bit. I think I told you guys we showed up there pretty cocky, a lot of shirt changes, pretty, uh, pretty douchey. <laughs> I appreciate the shirt, shirt you know, changes. Of course, pretty douchey name. And we were sitting tied for fifth and sixth. Going into the last workout, the last workout was was kind of a nasty. It was synchronized toes to bars, some overhead walking lunges, and then that went right into what was it, bar muscle ups and handstand walks, and we we got buried. I think on on the on the second to last workout, which was the the toes to bar one, we got like twenty third, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Toes to bar for anyone that doesn't know. If that's a workout that you're trying to do, it once you hit muscle failure on toes to bar, it's done. 
you are done. It is, it is a very technical <laughs> movement. And once your core goes, it's really hard to explain, but it happened and there's really nothing you can do other than uh, try to do singles. You guys ever have anything like that happen to you doing any, any of those stupid gymnastic movements? Actually, yeah, Toaster Bar at the competition, the last competition I did was the exact same thing happened to me. I, my core <laughs> went and I had one Toaster Bar left. My partners are there, you know, looking at me and just, just egging me on. Everyone's screaming and I'm just like, they're like a walrus just trying to, <laughs> just trying to flop my way onto shore. It was a disgusting display and, and super embarrassing too. So, you know, I, I could feel for you. And also those synchronized movements, there was like synchronized chest to bar for us at that last competition too. So like, I, I like to come into my kip a little differently than my partner. So like, you know, I was just a disaster all the way around on that, that whole piece. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a humbling movement once it goes. And then, you know, marrying that with the, if your core's gone there, if you haven't done bar muscle-ups, you need your core an awful lot on that exercise too. So you can imagine how that unfolded because it was a 21-15-9 after, after the toes to bar. So that was a mess. We got ninth out of the 32nd. Yeah, n- not happy. I was I was a grumpy little bitch for the rest of the night, <laughs> to say the very least. And that that will not happen again. It will not. But thanks for asking, guys. Is that um the guy you did it with? Is he uh, I am Mikey on uh, the Instagram? Yes, he is. Loyal listener, so you know, shout yeah, out to loyal Mikey. listener. And, he's uh, a great dude. Great absolutely. dude. Yeah, so hopefully I, I hope he comes down to or comes up for him up to Dewey Beach for the, the starboard throwdown for SummerSlam. Are those in, workouts in being released? It'd be great to get Big Rob and Little Rob to, to SummerSlam at Dewey, but, you know, like I said, barring the muscle-ups, we'll see how that goes. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, keep me, keep me updated on it for sure. I, I just love the name of it. I could, I just imagine you'll be, like, all in with the, the WWE name there. Oh, I'm going to wear, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart pink shirt with the cut-off sleeves and hopefully those little uh, tassels around my biceps. Yeah, exactly. It'll be sick, like uh, Ultimate Warrior. I mean, dude, I think that'll be really fun if we can all show up and compete. At last The last couple of years, it was two guys, two girls at this Dewey Beach throwdown, and it was at the rudder, but they've alternated, and now it's at the starboard this year. So it'll be in the parking lot. It'll be really fun. It'll be hot as shit. But I think, it's yeah, it's, it's two men, and it's it's like sexes, which is cool. So it's, it's a little less difficult to find women to – put up with our shenanigans and also from what i remember there's never been a rig so it's pretty much like barbells some boxes some sandbags so i don't think there's going to be too much setup so should be really fun the old rusty rubber yeah now the old rusty rubber (laughs) (laughs) all right don't mind if i start coughing i am literally dying i think coronavirus coming in Hot. <laughs> there's a great clip of some kid out there and he was like yeah i ain't worried about the coronavirus you know i'll just go get lyme's disease i'll mix it all together <laughs> you don't have a corona you don't have a corona without a lime i saw that yeah, fat that was that was great that was great shout out to him <laughs> all right cool so let's transition to the topic of the week and you know what i'm gonna tee it up just the way you teed it up rob because I, I think it actually sounds pretty cool now that i've thought about it and what what we're hoping to get out of it and it's it's your really your five ways to being boi- bulletproof not boiler proof bulletproof <laughs> so, let's let's start with let's give an example of an injury that's affected our training and dan do you have one off the top of your mind maybe rob you do let me stage it first before we get into like the, the personal history but all right perfect. So 
obviously I'm a physical therapist last five years working in the military now working in division one collegiate, and like the number one question you get and like, it's always figuring out what can we look at to prevent injuries? What, what can we test? What, what history can we look at to predict like who's going to get injuries? And the fact of the matter is like, you, you can't prevent most injuries, right? You're going to get injured at some point. If you're doing anything that's high output, even if you're just training four or five times a week, injuries are going to happen. But I think the more important thing is how do you manage those when they, when they pop up so they don't become chronic issues, right? I mean, we can all, I think as we go around the room and talk about like some training injury you had. So the one I always think of is when I did strongman training, my, my low back was like a chronic issue. Every morning I would get up and I thought it was just like normal that you would have to grab onto the sink to drink water out of the faucet and like <laughs> use your hands to get back up. And then I just realized like I'm deadlifting four times a week and I took a good 12 months off of pulling a barbell off the ground and lo and behold, like a year later, I could go back to deadlifting and my back felt outstanding. I could sit in a car, I could stand for hours without getting like this sharp, intense back pain. And then I think back to him, like if I, if I would just at the beginning, not train like an idiot, I probably could have avoided like this 12 month issue that I had. And I think we all had those kind of realizations. So I'm hoping just to give the listeners like a few bullet points, they can evaluate their own training schedules and come up with some like strategies to, to manage injuries when they're inevitably come up. Yeah, very cool. Very, and, and look, the lower back thing, you know, I'm all ears because that's my life pretty much for the last two years. So if we were doing some personal reflection, that that's my no brainer. And but, but the low back pain for me has gone back to as far as I can remember. Dan, do you have something that, that jumps out to you specifically? Well, I feel pretty great most of the time, knock on wood. <laughs> I will say though that when I was really into like more of the say the bro lifting slash bodybuilding type workouts like after college, I you know I I'm embarrassed to admit I used to wear gloves and I felt like wearing gloves especially on the bench and with chest I used to just hammer chest and you can get away with lifting a lot more than you should. One thing that always nagged at me when I was doing that type of lifting and and I, I started to hit chest because again, it was the same problem, the same sticking point I'm running into now where I'm on the bench and I just can't get any better. So I decided it'd be great to just nail chest uh, two or three times a week. And I just did that for like a solid six months and my sternoclavicular joint. So kind of a weird joint to get injured, but where the uh, sternum meets the clavicle was a really painful spot. And I'll tell you the, the stupidest thing you could ever do when you start having a painful spot is stop lifting altogether and, and say that lifting is the cause of it and stop lifting legs and just do cardio for a three-year period until you meet Robin. He uh, <laughs> sets, sets you back on the path to lifting and writes you some programming. So that would be what not to do is just stop lifting. There's way better ways to handle it. I think, for, you know, uh, volume, I mean, there's 10,000 things I would have done differently versus just take a couple years off of lifting, which I thought was a pretty terrible idea in hindsight. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm sure, I'm sure that's that's a lot of people's first thought is, oh, this hurts. This must be bad for me. Let's stop doing it, right? And I think that the point of this today is to kind of understand what you're feeling and how to either train around it or when to stop, when to pull back, et cetera, so we're not dealing with any of these long-term issues. So, Rob, without further ado, I know you sent over like five big boiler <laughs> boiler again. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? I, I, I feel like I... It, yeah, I don't know. You have five bullet points over here. So the first one you have, understand pain. I'm going to kick it over to you. Go ahead. All right, boiler number one, understanding Thank pain. You. Thank <laughs> you. So, my head feels like I'm boiling. Most injuries, your first indicator is going to be pain, right? We're, we're 
taking out all the trauma, like you dislocate a joint or break a bone. Those are obviously medical emergencies. You need to go to the hospital right away. Pain is usually your first indicator of an injury. And just as a, a population around the world, especially in the U.S., we have a very poor understanding of what that is. I know Dan could get, we could probably go off on this topic for hours and talk about like the neuroscience of pain and get into some of the biology of it. That's not our goal. I want to simplify it big time. So pain is just your brain's like warning system to your body, right? So you sprain your ankle, your brain is what creates pain. So you don't put too much weight on your ankle in order so it, to let it heal. That becomes an issue when you're two, three weeks out from injury and you need to start loading your ankle again in order to let it heal and get strong again. You're still going to feel pain. So some people just totally avoid putting any weight on that ankle again. And then you end up with more chronic issues where you hear people dealing with like an ankle sprain for six months, a year or two years later down the road, they're still not running. So especially in the military population, they think of pain and they think of their bodies as like a complicated system, like a car. And this is a, like a conversation I've had a million times. I'm like, your body is not like a car. It's not a complicated machine where this part is faulty and you can just replace it. It's a complex machine where there's multiple systems at play. And you have to understand that pain is just a, a warning system to your body. And you got to know when to when you can push it and when you can't. And that's, that's where you kind of need experts and, and PTs and docs to kind of weigh in and, and guide you on that path. but. I think we've brought up Explain Pain by David Butler before is an awesome book, just a resource for understanding like the neuroscience of pain, just like from a 101 level. Yo, but bro, I thought pain was just weakness leaving the body. <laughs> is that what you're, the, the no, I had a no fear shirt, I think that's that's great. <laughs> exactly. To elaborate on that, one of the things I always talk to patients about, and I think the military falls into, uh, and Nick, I'm sure you can can uh, probably empathize with this. A lot of times in the military, and one of my, you know, sometimes one of my favorite, or, or sometimes can be one of my least favorite patient populations to work with is engineers because they want everything explained mechanically. And like Rob's is saying, you know, a lot of people have this mechanical view of pain where it is, you know, part faulty part hurts, got to fix the part, get back on the road again. And like I said, the engineers, more of your technical thinkers, you know, people who are, you know, have that, that more math side of that science side of the brain tend to think that way. The problem is the body does not work that way. And the one thing I always come back to in explaining this to patients time and time again is pain does not always equal damage. The correlates between what we're finding with pain and what we see uh, via advanced scans are, are poor in a lot of different avenues and Sometimes when you hurt yourself, especially like Rob said, if it's not a fracture, if it's not a dislocation, if it is not a trauma, that is all it would, with enough time, load modification, obviously physical therapy, consultation with different doctors. If you have a good plan and you have good people in place that can take care of it, that pain is very likely not going to be causing any long-term damage or chronic issues, but it has to be very, I think, quickly and efficiently taken care of by medical professionals. Saying pain doesn't equal damage, I think is super important. I think that's... The other point to elaborate on that is damage doesn't always mean pain, right? Like yes. once, once you yeah. hit your 30s, you could take MRIs of a 30-year-old shoulder, somebody that's lifted since they were like 16, and I guarantee you could find some kind of damage in there. And that person might not have any pain at all. So that's probably the, the hardest issue in sports medicine right now is, is correlating like pain that that patient has walking in your office with what's on imaging. It's It's just not like a black and white thing at all. So- Knowing that pain doesn't always mean like you're 
you're done. Like you're, you're washed up. Like just understand that pain is just your, your brain signal to the, to the, your body that you need to change what you're doing. Maybe. And can we, can we dive in a little deeper here? And if I take you off a beaten path, just tell me to stop. But I'm thinking about this from my perspective, not your guys, right? So just a, a random dude that's just listening to this. Do it up. Everything I've always heard is there's a big difference, big distinction between pain and injury. This sounds like we're kind of not necessarily blending them together because you're saying it's not always an injury. But it also – how do we define pain in this, in this situation? Because soreness – hypothetically is pain. Yeah. And there's some people that take soreness and they, they treat it like that soreness that they get, they consider pain. So they stop doing everything. So that's why it's important to work with somebody and say, no, the pain you have three days after you do a really hard workout is, is pretty normal. Like you're gonna have to back off for a couple of days, but you can still do low level activities. We all have totally different backgrounds, different psychology. Whereas like the person that's like you, like you, you probably treat your back pain. Like yeah, it's it's tight today. I just need to push through it. When you're, you probably need to change what you're doing that day. That's probably per, like perseverating the back pain that you're having. Like, right. it, it, it's a very individual basis. But the the pain injury continuing is it's just it depends on the person you're talking to. All right. Yeah, I was gonna say there's whole books. I mean, it, it's a really good question what you're asking. It's and there's whole books like you said, explain pain, and, and there's a multitude of books out there. Um, John Sarno's work in the early '90s is an interesting uh, interesting reads. I. I've, kind of read excerpts from it, but I think what Rob is trying to get, get out here is, you know, pain is also a lot about, you know, perception, you know, you're high level, you know, athlete in a lot of respects and have done a lot of great things, probably not ideal conditions, especially not ideal conditions with your own body. So what you describe as soreness, someone else might describe as a nine out of 10 pain. So if you're, you know, laying on the couch, eating Cheetos, huffing cigs, you might not be as well equipped to a describe your pain and the sensations going on with your own body as somebody who's a finely tuned machine. So the, the perception piece of what you're talking about, Nick, is, is that kind of getting at it? Like how yes. you're perceiving Spot it? Spot yeah, so, so I'm not trying to play of, devil's advocate. You guys, no, you, no, you, no, got, no. you got right to what I was asking. That's perfect. No, it's, it's a great question. I think that the answer lies in perception, how that person is perceiving. Yep. I just wanted to make it kind of well known that it's not a blanket answer. So I think that bleeds in next perfectly to our next boiler, which is, uh, listen (laughs) to, listen to your body. This is, you hear everyone that knows anything say, Hey, listen to your body, listen to your body. So we're talking about pain. Now we're listening to our body. Go ahead, Rob. So there's two different stories I'll tell with this one. I think there's two different ways to do this. So one is the classic example of people that come to me in pain. So a, a guy came into me a few weeks ago, he's a CrossFitter injured his back doing deadlifts in the gym. Like he felt that, that acute onset of pain doing, doing deadlifts, but on the board, it still said he had to do his GHD sit up. So after he did his main <laughs> move in the deadlift, he went through the, the work afterwards and did the GHD sit ups and then flared his back up to the point where he had to get like steroid dose pack and his back has been jacked up for a month now. So one it's, it's knowing like, even though the board says you need to do this today, or you're somebody, your coach tells you, you got to do this, like knowing when to just sack up and say, okay, I need to shut it down today. Maybe I'll just ride the bike for a little bit, keep my sweat going, but I just need to take an inventory of what I did to myself today. And tomorrow I'll decide how hard I can push the other side of that. I'll give an example from this week. So Thursday was like a day from hell for me. I was out my door at like 5 30 AM and then get home till after 10 PM at night. And Friday is usually a lift day for me. And it was another long day Friday. I didn't get into the gym till like five o'clock. 
and I want to do some heavy training, but I know in that like fatigue state, I didn't get a great night's sleep. I'm already tired. I didn't eat enough food on Friday. I'm like, this is not a strength day. I'm just going to hit some intervals on the rower. So not, not like drastic change stuff, but I know like I'm not going into the gym at hundred percent. I'm maybe at 50% of what my usual capacity is. So I'm going to stay away from the workouts that are for me, usually more injury inciting. So those, those are like the kind of two stories that, that lead to the, the listen to your body boiler point. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It's so interesting to, to think about this. I always, I always talk about my dad, but he, he hurt his back squatting the other day and sure shit, he had a 5k to yesterday and he did not listen to his body. And right now he's walking around like, he, you know, like he's stiff as a board. So it's one of those things where you like, it's very myopic mindset. Like the person you treated earlier is something I would have done. Hurt your back deadlifting. Well, it says I have to do GHDs where you know that that is a dumb idea while you're in it. Uh, you just got to pull back. It's like, what, unless you're competing for something, what the hell are you doing? Right. I, I can just recall an example of myself. There was a, it was like a Saturday workout. I was, you know, one of a couple people in there and it was med ball running, which, you know, again, I wish I would have had that for our stupidest exercises of all time ever. <laughs> it's up there, man. It's up there because the thing about the med ball running where I, I've run with like the 45 pound weight and we did the sandbag run in the competition. I've, I've done all that stuff. The med ball run, I think, is particularly stupid because it's very unilateral. You kind of have to put it on one side because you're kind of like weighting one side down with the other side's free. I, I just don't like it. Anyway, it was that and deadlifts. So I, I kind of felt my back tweak on one of the deadlifts, which is, like I said, never really happened before. And I was like, you know what? There's nobody else in here. I'm just going to shut it down. So I just stopped. So there are times where I, I do play it smart. I listen to my body. I just stopped. I shut it down. Like Rob said, I probably have to do salt bike for five or 10 minutes just to keep the sweat going and keep the momentum of the workout going. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run up early, and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash proven grit. Check it out. And then, you know, came back the next day, modified a couple things, got a good stretch on, did some self soft tissue work, you know, and, and you're back to, back to going. So I think that's important to, to listen to your body and, and know when to, when to shut it down. Like the old, what's the old Kenny Rogers song? No one to fold him. You got no one to fold him at the gym. Yeah, no one to fold him, buddy. My, my one caveat to this piece. And again, just cave, yeah, caveman mentality. I feel like it's like 47% of the people working out are looking for an excuse not to, not to keep working out. 
are, you know, going to work out through anything. And then there's that like 6% who don't get injured. So it doesn't fucking matter because they're freaks. But, you know, I'm making those numbers up, of course, guys. But, <laughs> I, like, I like it. But, but, you know I, but you know what I mean? Like, don't talk yourself in to listening to your body. Like if it's, if you're on a fucking stationary bike and your legs are burning, that's not a time to listen to your body. We're, we're talking about when, you know, when there's actual pain here. So I'm going to keep saying that throughout this podcast because <laughs> I'm not trying to give anyone an easy way out here. No, it's, also, a, it's a good I, point, we, but I, th- I think the majority of people listening to this are going to be in that camp where they're going to push through, right? Like people listening to a podcast about working out aren't the people true, like, that true. need motivation to keep going in there. And Dan said something really important about his workout where he shut it down. You said there's nobody else in the gym. Like that's, yeah. it, it takes a, a big set of balls, like in the middle of a workout, just to like step out and, and know like you're like. Yep. It's taken me a long time to get to that point where obviously I'm not competing in anything now and I'm I'm getting into my 30s. Like I, ju- I just don't care about what anybody thinks as much anymore. But if I was doing like if I was back in my last job when we were doing Murph and I like felt my calf tweak doing the first mile, I'd probably still finish that workout, even though I know that's a really dumb idea. But the best thing for me for like staying healthy for long term would just be like, all right, I'm just gonna walk the rest of this workout. I'll do the push-up squats and pull-ups, but I shouldn't run on this anymore. Like that, that is a hundred percent the smarter thing to do. And you got to have the confidence to, to know, like that's the best thing for my body for the long term. Yeah. And that ego, good, good point. Set the ego aside. All right, cool. Is that good for number two guys? Yeah. yeah. I guess these are more like rules for, you know, more of your, your savages out there, you know, who are, who are going to really, really push the, uh, push the envelope. So I like that the clarification there, but yeah, no easy way out, Nick. I like that. Yeah. Rocky soundtrack. So number three, I'm really interested in this one. Learn what works for your body. So how do you, how do you do that? So this for me, I, th- I think this one, if you're not working in the field, you don't have a background in ex-phys or strength training, like maybe you need some guidance on this one. Cause it's taken me years to figure out what really works for me and what doesn't. So the examples I think of is one, like super heavy training, like anything above 90%, I can go pretty hard for about maybe three, four weeks before my body starts crushing me. But if I do high volume training in like the eight to 15 rep range, I can go moderately heavy on that, push myself pretty hard and stay in a program like that for several months and feel pretty healthy. I know there's some people that are just the complete opposite way. And then when it comes to running, I I can't run on back-to-back days. I'm a super heavy runner. I got thick, thick legs. So it's like, I need at least a day or two off between runs. And there's other people that can run every day and feel totally fine. So when I'm programming out my, my week of work, those are just rules that I know I, I need to respect. So I'm not wearing myself down and developing these chronic injuries. Okay. Okay. I understand this a little bit more now. So you're saying what works as far as what type of programs you can benefit from, or what type of programs break you down to avoid two and three a little bit. Yeah. And then the, the other addition I'll make to that is I'm, I'm huge on warmups and I know there's certain things that I have to do for my injury history before I go into a workout. Like I have to roll out my thoracic spine and do T-spine mobility and I have to stretch my hips. I cannot go into a workout without doing those two things or else my, my belief is I'm going to jack myself up. But those are like no compromise. If I can't get that done, I'm not going to work out. I have to warm those two, two areas up. Yeah, I was going to say, I took that in two different ways. So learn what works for your body workout-wise and then learn what works for you from a, a warm-up and a cool-down or a rest and regeneration. So I would, I would definitely harken back to both our recovery podcast, if you want to listen to that, in the uh, annals of our history, that would be a great one to listen to. And also the great warm-up podcast. 
uh, that we put out too. So if, you, if you're more into, you know, what, what are these guys talking about? What exactly to do? Those would be two great resources. Yeah. For your body. So like Rob was saying, I can run every day. I'll be fine. I can lift moderate weights every day. I'll be fine. But I know that there's going to be certain movements. Um, most, most, all, more often than not, actually, you know what movement? The bench press. Any bench press of every single movement I do, shoulder to overhead, any heavy barbell stuff, Olympic lifting, the bench press still of all those movements and all the running and all the rowing and all the assault bike gets me more sore than any other movement to this day. So I'll, I know that you know I can bench once a week. And we talked about that sternoclavicular injury I had. That was you know a result of hitting the bench two and three times in a week. And you know I, I probably could get back to hitting the bench twice a week. I'm, I'm thinking about it, but it's just one of those movements that just really gasses me. It, it takes everything out of me and I get super sore more so than any other movement. So I know I have to kind of program that once a week, you know, really take my warm up seriously and get into it. And Rob, like you said, there's going to be, everyone's got their problem parts. My left hip, my right ankle, two stiff areas that I need to, you know, if I'm putting heavy weight on the bar, try to get in and mobilize that. And then also a lot of people do a lot of foam rolling or a lot of self soft tissue work. And then that's, that's great. I, I like to do more of an active warm up, So like bike, kind of yoga poses kind of do a little dynamic warm-up with jumping or something like that where where you know other people don't get any relief from that and like to, to steer more towards the self joint mobilization soft tissue mobilization but finding out what works for you and from a programming side as well as a warm-up cool down and and like i said the sleep and the rest is, is huge too what about you nick yeah i don't have a ton to add here i think you guys kind of hit it i i understand this so much more now that it's it's programming specific you know, everyone's got, got to figure out what, what impacts them, what sets them back. And really what this is, is, you know, what this point is highlighting is understand what, where you can get the most work in, right? What limits you on, on that next day or the next two days afterwards. So my, my personal thing is heavy deadlifts. Just, it's a low back thing. It's a, it's a front of my hips, but strange. I can, I can still do front squats and, and, squat cleans and squat snatches from the ground. But yeah, that, that's my, that's my one limiter. It's pretty consistent. Any others for number three, before we move on? The one thing I'll add to that is I think the learning what for, works for you programming just takes time in the, the gym to learn what yes. that is. But if it's like the warm up thing, there's plenty of people I've seen one time for a PT visit and just sat down for 20 minutes, gotten their background, done a movement screen and given them like a list of three, four things that I think is super beneficial that they need to do anytime before they train, whether they're like a cycler or a lifter, whatever it is. So I think that's, if you're totally clueless on that one, that's a totally reasonable thing is to go, go find a PT for a one-time visit. Yeah, exactly. And if you are a newbie to the gym, trying new things and you're listening to this for the first time and you're like, well, I'm going to go start lifting for a week and you try a bunch of various rep ranges. Like you said, Rob, it's going to take a little while for you to really understand what your body, how it reacts. You're going to be sore no matter what, if you're brand new to this, right? But as you get a little bit more seasoned and your body starts to react to the gains, you'll be able to understand a little bit, what, what do you bounce back from better? So like you said, it kind of takes some time there. Number four, prioritize regeneration. Please explain that to me. So this is, this is the thing we bring up every week, right? Like if you're not yep. getting proper sleep, if you're not getting your seven to nine hours of restful sleep, you're setting yourself up for failure at at some point you're just you're riding that red line so prioritize sleep and then if there's going to be times where you don't sleep well so just like if i wake up don't i'm not feeling great i didn't eat well if i didn't sleep well then i got to change how my workout is that day i know i can't train heavy 
are super heavy, like going for a max after a day that I slept for four or five hours. The, the other side of this one that I'll add is every single person should have some sort of like recovery ritual, whether that's just like stretching after a workout, it could be foam rolling at home. If you like doing yoga, guided breathing, reading, whatever it is, there has to be some kind of activity built into your day where you come out of that sympathetic, like stressed out state where your body and your brain can just relax. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy, but four or five minutes where your body gets into this rest and de- digest state because that's where you do repair. So I'm, I'm huge in those two things, sleep and then and finding some kind of mental recovery in your day. Yeah, I would say like a lighter, like on my heaviest days, like Monday, Monday, Wednesday morning where I do the, the traditional CrossFit classes and I, you know, really push the pace. I love taking either a good podcast or a good book, you know, on audio and take my dog for a nice 30 minute kind of slow walk to kind of get in that parasympathetic state. So I do like that a lot. And also using your, your meals and using your food as regeneration, I think it's hugely important. There's going to be some from a muscle on a cellular level in the muscle, there is going to be some, some damage. And, you know, we've talked about my own protein deficiencies on this podcast, but if you're not fueling that with good proteins, good vegetables, good fruits, and overall, a good amount of food and fuel. I think that that, that fuel and that food is a, is a part of your regener- regeneration at a cellular level for the muscles too. So definitely agree with what Rob said there in terms of finding hey, that habit. Yep. Hey, Dan, way to, way to jump to boiler number five. Jeez, you just spoiled the last one. Oh, well, Here we go. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, sleep, the, well yeah. guys, let's just go right to boiler five. Let's go. Boiler five? Okay, fuel your goals. All right. So Dan obviously put an important one in there, right? So depending on what you're doing, so say you're, you're somebody focusing on weight loss, you're going to be in a caloric deficit. That's the only way to drop fat, right? So if you're focusing on losing weight, you shouldn't be training heavy. You're trying to, trying to put on muscle. That's, that's a way you're going to set yourself to get worn down and injured. So that's one perspective of it. If you're trying to get stronger, like Dan said, making sure you're putting enough fuel in your body for that cellular regeneration, making sure you get enough protein. And then the third arm of this one I think about is if you have like a chronic pain that's not related to any significant injury, it's something that gets gets better when you like take Advil a little bit. So there's like maybe some inflammatory factor to it. If you're not doing everything in your power as far as diet goes to do anti-inflammatory things for yourself, like you, I, f- I feel like you're selling yourself short. So TV twelve. If you're not <laughs> like if you're not taking fish oil, if you're not using turmeric or taking some kind of curcumin supplement or like even cherry juice, there's so many different things out there that kind of live in that that anti-inflammatory camp. And then from the tendon side of things too, I think there's not a lot of research in this, but taking like collagen and vitamin C, there's a, there's enough in that area that like if you have a chronic tendonitis issue and you're not doing collagen before you before you lift, I feel like you're selling yourself short. So you should be tapping out everything possible from the nutrition realm before you start looking at other options like medical management or or surgical options. That's strong. I got nothing to add. What do you got, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of already going on that and, and it goes back to, you know, where my mindset is not, you know, do as I say, not as I do everyone, because that's an important lesson (laughs) for this podcast (laughs) because I was, you know, we did our supplements episode. I was so down on everything and it's like, okay, well, Dan, where are you doing this? And it's like, no, I'm not. Fuck, you know, I could do be, be doing better, but it goes back to my general rule of thumb where you have to check these boxes of your basics. You know, are you getting your food or are you getting your sleep before you get into these crazy supplements? But again, if you're if you start to struggle from a nagging tendonitis and you're checking all these boxes, man, I get restful nice sleep. I know it works for me. I understand, you know, pain and I've I've modified my routine and I, 
you know, and all that stuff is not hurting it, hitting it with you. And you do want to try some, whatever uh, Rob's got is a bone broth, turmeric, collagen, bison water, you know, and you want to try that, <laughs> go for it. Have at a hoss. Yeah, man, Rob, If not to go off on a tangent here, but if I start taking fish oil, turmeric and collagen, am I going to even notice a goddamn difference? Shoot me straight. I, I say no. I, I that that shit just drives me nuts. I feel the same all the time. Rob, go. So, I mean, this, is, <laughs> this is anecdotal here. One, so working in collegiate environment, anybody that has surgery goes on a collagen supplement afterwards, and they have to take it thirty to sixty minutes before they before they train. That doesn't say that it works, but personally, anecdotally, I've had Achilles tendonitis issues for for years. That kind of like ebbs and flows. Like it comes back if I'm not really good with my training. I've been consistent with taking collagen before my workouts for like probably the last three months. And it's the best my Achilles have felt in, in years, like where I can go run without warming up without having an Achilles pain. Whether you want to say that's due to the collagen or not, it's impossible to say, but I'm. What is the peer reviewed research on the collagen? I've never looked into it. I've, look I've up, never. Look up Keith Barr, B-A-A-R. He's got some great tendon research. He's got one or two papers that talk about collagen supplementation specifically, but it's, it's it's not it's like sick 2016 is the earliest that has come out so there's not a huge literature body on it but uh, it just makes so much sense from a just a basic physiology standpoint and it's it's easy to add so it's it's just collagen it's not like it's something bad i'm putting in my body and it you know what for me it makes sense yeah i like the physiology thing and i like the you know high reward low risk side of it but again without a systematic you know review when you're talking about supplements man i've just been I've been, for lack of a better word, honey dicked enough to 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 just basically think it's all garbage. Coming from the guy that used to eat hundred and hundred grams of protein a day, yeah. Now, exactly. now, he's, now he's got four bottles of protein in his in the back of his car. Yeah, <laughs> I love how how strong your opinions come in, and by three weeks from now, you'll be. You know, I've been on this collagen stuff. I mentioned my coffee. It's just shit. <laughs> hey, you know this this goes back to a professor of ours, Doctor Mike Axe. Me and Rob had a PT school, and he always said, "If you're going to quote me, quote me with a date." You know, that's, that's, why, that's the word I live by. So if you're going to quote me, quote me the damn date. <laughs> that's fantastic. Awesome. Well, well, those are the five boilers. You have anything you want to <laughs> add, Rob, before we, before we transition? I think this was really informative. Two things. One, I just texted you the, uh, the PubMed citation for the collagen article. Two, the big, the big tie home that I've been thinking of as we talk about this is realizing that Pain and injury is totally normal. The people that I find that are like the most screwed over when it comes to this area that are chronically hurt are the people that have this expectation that they're going to be pain free. Like that is, I think that's such an unrealistic expectation. Like things are going to pop up. You're going to get injured. Your ability to manage those and not let them turn into these big chronic issues is how you become like super effective every day, day in, day out. Boom. IG teaser. Sick. All right. I like that. Can I throw in one more with that too? Because it goes right along with that is uh, the great pitcher, Kurt Schilling. He was being interviewed one time and they were like, yeah, I think it was in his thirties. He might've been pitched for the Red Sox at this point. And they're like, you know, the co- you know, coach went up to you, a manager went up to you and asked, you know, were you feeling hundred percent? And he looked at the managers and I haven't felt hundred percent since I was 10 years old. And I think that really applies to a lot of us where there's always something, there's always something. So hopefully the tips we gave you today will help you move through that little something. Exactly. Good stuff, boys. All right. So let's, let's transition now to, uh, the fun, lighter topic, although that was pretty fun and pretty light. We're going to talk best apps for listeners. I don't have one that really jumped out to me. I have one that I use, but I'd, I'd like you to kick it off, Rob. Sounds like you have a couple. Yeah, and I know this like comes across as just a lame topic, like some BuzzFeed article about fitness, but <laughs> I, I, I have some good ones here. 
<laughs> so this there's this one free timer app. It's called the push press timer that I've had on my phone now for for years. So like if I'm doing intervals or I'm doing like a CrossFit type workout, this thing just plays in the background. It'll like turn down my music and give me countdowns and beeps for like each interval. There's this annoying voice that comes on and gives you motivation that just really pisses me off in the middle of the workout. There's so many great things about this timer and it's totally free. So push press timer. It's got like a black icon with a green ring around it. I, I use that probably three or four times a week. Yep. Familiar with that one. Yeah. I just downloaded that. Thanks, man. Cause I've been looking for one when I, you know, I just set my timer and just started a minute. So if I have some mortal Kombat guy screaming in my ear, that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> you got any apps that you're, you're a fan of Dan? This is going to be so lame, but uh, there's, I have two. One is Wattify, which if you're in the CrossFit realm, hopefully you have Wattify at your gym and you just sign in all your stuff. So it, it saves. I love Wattify because it has a history and I can go back. Now, now there's some um, some formatting issues I have with it. It's not the most user-friendly, but as far as like the performance history, seeing your times every day, comparing myself to other people and judging my self-worth based on my performance in a Monday morning CrossFit class, I mean, it's the best. So I really like it. And then it has all my stuff and has all my times. I can look at all my percentages for my lifts. I love Wattify and staunchly stand behind it. The second one is Spotify. You can check out uh, the strategy fitness at Spotify. You can look at the, uh, our official gym hitters, the official gym hitters at strategy fitness on Spotify for the playlist. And it's what I use for both podcasts. And it's what I use for my long workouts too. So definitely if you're not, if you don't have Spotify, I'm like Rob, when we started this podcast, I think Rob had uh, the first uh, the first version of Pandora uh, <laughs> with the 17 minutes of commercials between songs. So definitely wake up to 2020 and get your, get your ass on Spotify. Nice plug. Very good. Yeah, my, my only one that I use is Trifecta. It's kind of an all-inclusive app as I'm scrolling through it. I don't know where the free version ends and where the paid for starts. But it's a timer that's free, and then there's definitely a, you can log all your meals. Your your it has your calories. What you know, you set your goal if you're trying to gain, lose, whatever. And I think you have to pay for the macro breakdown, but you can track your and log what you're eating from a caloric standpoint. And then there's def, there's a bunch of CrossFit workouts in it, and there's news and stuff like that. So trifecta. If you're kind of looking for a one stop shop, again, I I don't do the paid for. But it's it's been a really good timer for me. I've never used the nutrition piece, but I know some people have. I just looked this one up and I see uh, Brooke Entz is like the spokesperson for it. I, I can yes. only imagine what she would say about Dan's protein intake. Oh, God. <laughs> she, she'd eat him for post-workout. <laughs> <laughs> She's I'll, a freak. Yeah, I'm going to go on a little rant here. Is there anything like more illogical than not paying for an app. Cause if you think about the dumb shit that we spend money on, like if I'm going to bar a restaurant and just buying that extra round of drinks is like, you know, for your friends is like 25 bucks and you don't even think about it. If you're playing golf and you buy that round of drinks, it's like 20, like 20 bucks. But then if like you have an awesome app that you use every day and it's like, you could pay two ninety nine for like the, the level up and it's a one-time fee. You're like, well, fuck that. I'm just going to delete the app forever. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> That's my uh, so I, the moral of the story, everyone, is stop stop spending money on drinks. And if you have an app that you really like, just just pay for the damn five bucks in the app. It's like one of those drinks, and it lasts forever. The stupid stupid drink is done in like ten minutes. That's deep man, that's a that's a great point, Dan. Best point you might have made on this podcast so far. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I ain't the please. <laughs>
Yeah, trifecta is nine ninety nine a month. I just looked it up. So I don't know. I, I think if if you were trying to do everything, it might be worth checking out. If you use like my fitness pal and stuff like that, you know, it might not be needed. It might be a little redundant, but great timer for free. But you've got two of those. Rob, do you have another one? The other ones I'll throw in there just real quick. So Technique is a video analysis app. I use it all the time, especially when you guys send me lifting videos. I'll usually like scan through and screenshot and show you the stuff I'm talking about. You can like record over that and send videos back to people and break it down for them. That's a free one. That's absolutely awesome. And then just the basic notes app on your phone. I was looking through. I have one note that's just all my Airdyne workouts and it goes back to like 2013. I have every Airdyne <laughs> workout I've ever logged in here. It's pretty pretty cool to reflect on. So, is it huddle technique or is it just technique? Yeah, huddle technique. H-U-D-L and then the free one is technique is the one that I always I always use. It's yeah, for golfers, download- but it, it works Great for video analysis. Can I tell you another fear that I have is like Nick, we have TSF, the strategy fitness chain and Nick sent me a bunch of stuff. I gave him a pretty detailed squat analysis. And my biggest fear is that like you and Nick have your own other chain where you make fun of my squat analysis. And then, you give Nick, <laughs> then you give Nick better advice. So I'm hoping that's not the case. <laughs> that's where the good shit comes in. That's where the $4.99 a month is. I know. Oh, that, that's what, yeah, that's what it yeah, costs that's the me. upgrade. Rob, we got Rob wants me now. Fuck. That, that's what keeps me awake at night. Just in case you guys are wondering, like, oh, fuck, fuck Dan's an idiot. Like, let me, uh, let me, t- let me, uh, hit him up personally. So no, I think you have great points and this oh, is a cool you. looking, cool looking, um, app here, Rob. So I'm definitely going to try this out. Good luck. It's huddle technique. Yes, sir. Yeah, I download, I download all that shit. That sounds awesome. Everyone too. That's a, that's a great, great advice. Cool. Well, we got techie. That's sick. Let's. Uh, I, I like. I like this week's this week's hitters. But I think before we do that, we're going to do our book of the week, and then we'll transition to the one rep max hitter that we all you know bring to the table. Who's doing the book? I got the book. So this one, I I don't know why this came out of me out of nowhere today. I read it a couple of years ago, and I hate the self help book section. And there was nothing like groundbreaking in this book. I just really enjoyed reading it because it was an easy read and it was kind of funny. It's the uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Quick read. I think there's some good like tips in there for it. nothing, nothing groundbreaking. But that that was just the book I enjoyed reading. I've heard about this book from several people. <clears throat> Mark Manson. He has a dominant podcast, doesn't he? I have not Are you thinking there's Mark Manson, the the, the writer? There's also a Mark Maron who has a dominant podcast. Okay, I was thinking Maron. Yep, Mark Maron. Yeah, Mark Maron's a comedian, and he I think he had yes. a bomb on his podcast. Yeah, that 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 would be the. Um, I think they're two different people. Yep, I'm looking at it. Definitely two different people. Still heard of this book, and and people have said it's a really fun read. I haven't heard a bad thing about it. it. Like Rob said, I have such an aversion to like any self help book, and I probably one. I'm probably somebody who would actually benefit from it. But I'll just like even like peak performance got a little self help in there, and I was just like shut up. You know, like I'll figure it out myself. It's what life's about. I'll make my own goddamn mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have an open mind though. <laughs> that is a, a dominant, I don't know. I feel like there's more and more self-help books popping up. Someone's buying this book. So I don't know who's doing it, but goddamn, there's more every week, every month. There's another, there's another self-help book. So find, find me like, here's my thing on this, the self-help categories. Like find me, the person with like 15 of those books on their shelf who's just like killing it in life. Like the reason you buy a self-help book is because you're like, you know, you're in a rut. The way, <laughs> the way you kill it is you write a self-help book and sell it. That's the real. The yeah, real that's, that's maybe, maybe. You ever Mark heard of Manson Tony Robbins, a, by the way? I think yeah, you're, right. buying, 
Have you watched his Netflix documentary? That that'll that'll creep you out a little bit. Oh yeah, sure will. But that said, a lot of self help, a lot of big, a lot of big checks. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're helping themselves. I think that yeah, that's the whole the point of the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a bad take. All right, cool. So that's your book, and let's do our one PR hitter this week. This is this is cool. Instead of what the seven we give you every week, we're going to give you one that we all recommend or our go to when we uh, when we go for a PR. Rob, why don't you kick it off? All right. So th- this is the track that your fail safe that you put on the stereo or the the speakers when you're going for that one rep squat to get yourself totally amped up. So mine's. Totally cliche one. It's, it's worked for me for years. It's Dropkick Murphy, State of Massachusetts. I hate the State of Massachusetts too much to even appreciate that song. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the uh, is that the, the Red Sox? Is that the main song from like The Departed? Is it that song or is it a yeah, different yeah, one? Yeah, that's that song. Hey, you know, it's a good. That's a good ass song. I, oh, you yeah, know, song much my, I, I hate Massachusetts. I hate Boston and. Generally, I'm not a huge Dropkick Murphys fan, but truth be told, from a pure music standpoint, that's a fucking awesome song and definitely well worth a, a one rep max. Nick, I'm gonna let you go. I'm I'm like I have two here, and I just can't decide. But Nick, you're up. X gonna give it to you, DMX. Ooh, dude, I like that, that one. Nothing gets you more fired up than that creepy old dude just starting to start the song <laughs> off starts off barking. You're like, holy shit, let's go! And then the beat drops, and it's just Oh, it's my go-to. Can I give you a treat to watch after you finish the podcast up tonight? There's a video of DMX riding like some ridiculous yep. like slingshot thing. <laughs> it is the most entertaining video. It's like the most entertaining four minutes you'll ever watch. We got to link that. We got to link that somehow to, uh, <laughs> to, to that IG because if you haven't seen that, it, it'll make your Monday tomorrow so much better. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is, I took this as like, what is my one rep max hitter? So, I mean, again, I understand my, I usually keep the listeners in mind with some of my song choices because I can get a little weird and a little avant-garde, but I'm going Girl Gone Bad by Van Halen off the 1984 album. It is the best guitar and drum intro of all time. I used to jam on that with a, a buddy of mine who played drums and it brings back a lot of good memories and just an epic build up, an epic song. And and when you have Eddie and Alex Van Halen, they're two brothers, Alex on drums, Eddie on guitar. And you can tell it's the culmination of two guys who have been playing music together and also been in the same band and the same family since they were six years old. And, and everything they've de- done together, it finally hits. That intro is perfect. And then it just drives into a super heavy and kind of fast, up-tempo song. So if I'm going for a one rep max, I'm listening to the intro, I'm making it through all the way to the intro. And then as the verse hits, I'm starting to lift. So that'll be mine. All right. Well, we've given you three different tastes, that's for sure. Hopefully you get a one rep max out of one of them. You know, I was thinking this this thing's getting <laughs> this thing's getting pretty pretty long, pretty aggressively long. Down the road here, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I go into the gym and I don't want to put the I don't want to put it on right away. And sometimes I don't have a podcast or a book I want to listen to, and I kind of want something mellow to warm up. I'm not throwing this out formally yet, but I don't think like a warm up cool down separate playlist wouldn't be the worst idea because you know you could throw in some country you could throw in some reggae some other stuff that kind of shows you know we're not just meatheads you know we got we got some some depth here some range i'll throw it out there on that topic i like that idea i I like it too and it'll it'll get me made fun of less for things like florida georgia line and (laughs) reggae (laughs) 
Oh, well, that's not ever going to end, but I never change it when it comes on. Uh, and we got Rob, Rob actually likes it now, I think, or at least you hate listens to it. It, it. I haven't taken it off of my playlist on my, my Spotify app, so you finally won me over. Okay, cool. Cool, dude. All right, cool. Well, as, as usual, right on time, gentlemen. Next week, I will put a little spoiler because my topic, we're diving deep into the squat. Why we squat, what to squat, what the breakdown of, of what what it makes your body, you know, quads, hamstrings, ass, everything. We're, we're going to break it down. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And it'll be a short week because, shit, it's Sunday already. We'll be talking on Friday. Quick alibi for me this week for any PTs that actually listen to this podcast. I'll be out at the the national conference at Denver. So Friday, I'll be giving a talk from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. So anybody that's going to CSM out in Denver, come check it out. What's your talk about? Performance programming for for rehab. I'll, I'm gonna, of course, my section's on energy systems development. Go figure. <laughs> right on cue. Commander Reba will be doing strength. Colonel Flat will be doing speed and agility. Then I got energy systems. Where are you staying out there? Downtown for Denver, man. One night. I can't, awesome. I can't afford more than that with the, the baby on the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say that was, uh, that was out of my, you know, because I got the SCS and I, you know, I think they do like an award ceremony for, for everyone who did their specialties. And it was about two seconds like, oh, it's in Denver. I guess I'll, I'll, guess I'll go fuck myself because I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be, that'll be cool, man. Let yeah, that's talk. awesome. Congrats. We'll talk about and, it next uh, week. Yeah. All right, boys, till next time. Yep, have a great week, everyone. Later.